Yeah, yeah, the title uh, of my message this morning is um, about complaining and grumbling, yeah, uh, about not uh, grumbling and, uh, and, and about um, not complaining, and I thought it'd be easier for the kids to tell you than me. <laughs> so um, let's pray before we get started for this morning, since the kids were so good to tell you before I could. So let's stand up and thank God. Before you get too comfortable and get your Bibles all spread out amongst yourselves and stuff. And um, let's thank God for his faithfulness to us while they're leaving and stuff. And we'll just thank him for our kids and thank him that he's been so good to us here at the church. And, and we'll just start out that way. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for these kids and how good you've been to them, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all the things that you've done for us, Father. We just ask you that your anointing come into this place this morning and that you give us utterance and words to say and that your words come into us, Father, and they not return void, Father. We just ask you that your anointing rest upon us to do the things that you've asked us to do. I just ask you that your spirit come upon me now and that you make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer and that you give me the words to say that would be the most help to us to help us change our daily lives. It would be make us vessels that the most useful for you, Father, to do the things that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Well, glory to God. You can be seated. Well, I have a confession to make. Most people wouldn't tell you. You know me. I'll tell you the truth about it. The last time I got a picture, people think I just joke about these sort of things, but I'm doing a lot better today than I did the last time. The last time when I had to speak, when was that? Three or four weeks ago? Yeah. Three or four weeks ago when I had to speak, um, I got ready to come and everything, and I don't know just exactly what happened. Keith, it's, thank God for Keith. But um, I got ready to come, and I tell you, I just was not going to make it. I told, I had to call Keith, and he had to encourage me to even come, to get up in front of everybody. I was crying. I couldn't get my makeup on. I said, I can't do it. I cannot get up in front of them today. I cannot do it. But I finally got there. I know Dave, I didn't even look at him when I got here that morning because my makeup was still strode in every direction because I just, but God is faithful. He helps you every time. So, uh, yes, 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 he is. He does. And so he met us, and we got it done. So, But today was a lot better. So uh, God's good to us, and he'll meet us and he'll do the same thing again. But today I wanted to talk to you guys about what the kids sang about this morning. You know, a lot of people go through life and um, from the time they get up in the morning till the time they go to bed at night, people call them optimists and pessimists, you know. And uh, But there's a lot, it's a lot worse than, than what a lot of people think. You know, they call the glass half empty or half full. You know, or you see people that, that start out by saying, oh, it's wintertime, my kids are always the first to get the flu. You know, or are they always are, are, are saying the most negative things? I mean, they when they walk into a room, they find 12 negative things to say. From the time they get up till the time they go to bed, they are the negative ones. You ever been around anybody like that? I mean, it's like nothing is positive. There's never anything good to say. It's like they have the gift of fault finding or negative finding. You know, and I personally had gotten that way. When I worked at, at another ministry, I, I dealt with things every day. All I dealt with was negative stuff. I had to solve the problems, you know. That's all you do is you solve the problems. Anybody else have a job like that? That all you do is, is you mess with the problems all day long. And when you mess with the problems all day long, you know, even here, I have to watch myself. Because it's like, okay, this broke again. 
we need money for this, uh, this person's causing a problem, or, or this person's sick, or this person needs this, or this person... And if you don't watch yourself, you'll get yourself in a frame of mind to where all you're dealing with constantly are negatives. That's why I'm so thankful that I get the privilege of doing the testimonies. Because you can deal with a whole week worth of negatives. Of We don't have the money for this, or this broke, or this is a problem, or this child did this, or this person fell and, and broke their wrist Wednesday night at youth, or this person did this, or this person did this. And you're just, it's just constant. And, and that's the devil's greatest joy is to bombard you with that stuff all the time. It's like if he can keep you in the negative side of things, then you can never have victory in your life. It doesn't matter how much good things are going on. He will constantly feed you the negative. He will constantly feed you the, the bad things and stuff like that. So th- then Thursday comes and they send me the testimonies. And it's just wonderful because you get to hear the good side of things. And that's why we here at the church, we don't get up here and tell you the negative side of things that are going on. Because most of you have enough negative going on in your own lives. You don't come to church to hear the negative side of things that are going on. You come here to get built up. And see, people don't understand that. I was just dealing with somebody the other day, and I said, how long has it been since you've been to church? Well, I can make a bunch of excuses, da 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 But the, you don't understand. You've got to get around people that will help build you up. Elsewise, the devil will keep you down. That's his job, is to keep you down. So today I want us to look at some things and see what's happened in people's lives and why they are in some of the conditions that they're in and how to let's get up out of those conditions. And how to, because I know myself, if I don't watch myself, I will get negative. Why? Because that's what you deal with day in and day out. Choose not to be negative. You have to, you have to choose it. So let's look at some things today. You know, if the, some people say, I, I wrote some things down and think about it. Don't, don't raise your hand if you've ever done this. But, but, um, like partly cloudy or mostly sunny. Which one are you? You know, uh, I, some people look at it and they'll say, it'll take half a day or it won't take, take long if we get right on it. Which one are you? You know, it's ruined or it can be easily fixed. Or, It costs way too much. Or we can use it for this and this. Or they're always late. Or, no, they're always the ones that stay till 2 in the morning. Or they talk too much. Or they're always the ones that make people feel better. Or we never have enough. Or, God has never let us down. He's always come through. Or, like I said, our kids are always the first one to get get the flu. Or, God always heals us. Let's look at some of these things. Which, Which side are we on? Look at numbers with me this morning. Numbers 13. Y'all comfortable? Cool, hot, warm, great. Is this air up here low as it'll go? Okay. 
I'm, I'm, I'm so funny. When I'm sitting down there, I'm freezing, but when I'm up here, <laughs> I, li- I like to froze them in healing school, I think, that day, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. So Dave laughs at me, him and Kim will freeze. Y'all on this front row, get you some throws or blankets or something. Numbers 13.1. And the Lord said to Moses, Send men to explore and scout out for yourselves the land of Canaan, which I give to the Israelites. From every tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader or a head among them. So Moses, by, this is the Amplified by the way. So Moses, by the command of the Lord, sent scouts from the wilderness of Paran. All of them men who were heads of the Israelites. These were their names from the tribe of Reuben, Shammah, son of Zachar, son of the tribe of Simeon, Shaphah, son of Horai, the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the tribe of Issachar, Eagle, son of Joseph, the tribe of Ephraim, Hosea, that is Joseph, uh, Joseph, son of Nun. These names will get fun. The tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu, the tribe of Zeppelin, Gideol, the son of Sodai, the tribe of Joseph, that is the tribe of Manasseh, the Gideai, the son of Susai, the, uh, however you say it, y'all do it. Um, that's never been my strong suit. Um, of the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gimeol, um, of the tribe of Asher, Seth, uh, say it, Sether, the son of Michael, of the tribe of Naphtali, uh, Nabal, son of, y'all say that one, Bob, Bobsy, of the tribe of Gad, and, um, Gilgal, the son of Malki. Yeah, there we go. These are, we're all done. These are the names. I should have had somebody else read that for me. Uh, names of the men whom Moses sent to explore and scout out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Josiah. Joshua, I'm, I'm sorry, my light up here is not very good. And Moses, when he comes from this way, it's dark from this way. Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan and said to them, Get this way, get up this way by the south of Negab or whatever, Nebab, and go up to the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak, few or many, and whether they, the land they live in is good or bad and whether the cities they dwell in are camps or strongholds and what the land is, whether it is fat or lean and whether there is timber on it or not. And be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was at the time of the first ripe grapes. And they went up and scouted through the land in the wilderness of Zin to Rehoboam and, and to the entrance of Hamath. And they went up to the south of, y'all say it, Negeb, okay, in Hebron. And Hyman. And Shishai, uh, yeah, and Talamai, and uh, probably the three tribes of the sons of Anak were there. And Hebron, and there was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And there came to the valley of Eschol, and they cut down from there a branch with one of the cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole, two of them. One cluster of grapes, two of them had to carry it on a pole, and they brought it also, some pomegranates and some figs, that the place was called the Valley of Eschol uh, Cluster, 
because of the cluster which the Israelites had cut down from there. And they returned from scouting out the land after 40 days, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the Israelites in the congregation of the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought them word and showed them the land's fruit. And they told Moses, We came to the land to which you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. So they brought back Moses some of the fruit from the land. But the people who dwell there are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, there we saw the sons of Anak, of great stature and courage. Uh, Amalek dwells in the land of the south. And Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along by the side of the Jordan River. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. We're well able to conquer it. But his fellow scouts said, We're not able to go up against the people of Canaan, for they are stronger than us. So they brought the Israelites a what? Evil Evil report of the land, which they had scouted out of the inhabitants. And all the people that saw in it are men of great stature, that they saw in it were men of great stature. And there we saw Nephilim, or giants, the sons of Anak, who were from the giants and were uh, in our sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So who brought the good report and who brought the bad report? Caleb and Joshua brought a good report. The rest of them brought an evil report. Correct? Okay. Um, 14.6 in the Amplified says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among the scouts, had searched out the land and rent their clothes. And they said to the company of the Israelites, The land which we pass through as scouts is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delights in us, He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense and shadow of protection is removed from them, but the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But the congregation said what? Stone Joshua and Caleb with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before all the Israelites. Now turn to Numbers 14.37. This is what I wanted to get to. You had to hear all those names and all my bad pronunciations to get to this part, though. Y'all pray for me when it comes to that kind of stuff. Numbers 14.37. This is King James. Even those men that did bring up, what? Evil report upon the land. What happened to them? They died by a plague before the Lord. But read verse 38. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were the men 
that went to search the land that did what? What did they do? They lived still. What kind of report did they bring? A good report. Turn to Proverbs 1530 says, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones fat. Now, that don't mean it makes your body fat, but it makes you healthy. Gives you health. When bones are not fat, that means you're, you're weak. It means things are not going good for you. Turn to Philippians 4.8. We're going to do some turning this morning because it's really important. It doesn't matter what I think about things. It doesn't matter what you think about things. It's just like what we were talking about earlier, what Dave said. It matters, you know, I get into this stuff with the youth, and that's why I spend so much time pulling the Scriptures out. It, it registered on me so strongly. I don't know if uh, it was Courtney or Rachel or one of the girls in youth that said this. They were, they were at school one day, and one of the girls came up to them and uh, said, we go to a different church, and they don't believe in that speaking in tongues stuff. You know, and, and they asked us, why did we believe in it? And uh, we said, um, well, you know, uh, some people say, well, their church does. Well, what difference does it make if your church does? Well, Brother Hagen does. What difference does it make if Brother Hagen does? Well, Brother Keith does. What difference does it make if Brother Keith does? makes no difference. The only thing that matters is what the Bible says. And if you don't believe it in your heart what the Bible says, when you come up against a situation like that where somebody corners you and says, what do you believe, you will not be able to stand. When you come up against a situation where you have sickness in your life, it's not going to matter what Keith believes. It's only going to matter what you believe. When you come up against a situation where you need finances in your life, it's not going to matter what Sister Phyllis believes. It's only going to matter what you believe. So that's why we take the time to teach you in these situations because when the situation arises in your life, only the word in your life will prosper you, not the word in my life. So if you have the word in your life when the situation arises or when somebody's sitting in your living room and they want to know how come you believe that, uh, well, because Pastor Keith teaches it, they'll go, uh, yeah, right. Who is he? That prosperity preacher on TV? So what? Why should I believe him? But if you've got a Bible there, and especially what helps is you say, well, do you have your Bible with you? Because they like their Bible. You say, do you have your Bible with you? And they have their Bible with them. And you say, get your Bible out. And you can find it in their Bible for it. And get you a highlighter and mark it in their Bible for them. Amen. And they can take their Bible home with them. And it's marked in there that on the day of Pentecost, they all spoke in tongues. And they can take that home with them and see it for their own self. Then they can go back. And then the Holy Ghost has got something to work with because it's Word. 
It's not Brother Keith's opinion. It's not your opinion. But then the word has something to work in their life and something in their heart. Because he doesn't work with my word or your word. He works with his word. So that's why we, we use the scripture so much and we keep turning to scriptures because that's the only thing that will help you to help other people or yourself. So uh, we'll keep turning to scriptures because that's all that matters. Philippians 4.8. And sometimes a good story helps. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of an evil report. Hmm. Then why do we think on the evil report things? Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, what's your first response most of the time when a situation arises? A lot of times, most people have about a split second to make a choice as to whether they're going to think something good or something bad. You have about, I don't know, how much, how much is a nanosecond? Is that fast? Is it really fast? Okay, okay, then a nanosecond. To make a decision as to whether they're going to be negative or positive. A thought comes and you choose whether you want to be positive or negative. And most of the time in today's society, people choose the negative. They choose to pick that I want to spurt out of my holy mouth the negative side. They want to tell the negative and they want to think on the negative. They don't want to choose the positive. They want to say the negative thing, even about their own self. It's the very, don't be surprised. The very first thing Keith tells me last week is, well, Phyllis, you've only been saying for 20 years now, you don't like to get up in front of people. Right? Negative. Correct? He said it would probably help you to quit saying that. (laughs) He said, I would suggest between now and the next time you speak, you say, I really enjoy getting up in front of people. A good husband, right? Yeah. You want to slap him, but anyway. I'm honest, y'all are not. Right? You've only been saying it for, you know, 20-something years. You really don't like getting up in front of people, you know? So uh, he said, you know, between now and the next few weeks when you have to get up again, I should hear you several times saying, I really enjoy getting up in front of people. Good advice, right? Smart man. Just don't say it again. (laughs) Yeah. Most people could sit down, most people, in their daily lives and write a 12-page list about what's negative in their life. Most people today, you tell them, 
what's bad in your life. They could sit down right here today and get you out a legal pad. They could probably fill the whole legal pad about what's bad in their life. You tell them to sit down and write what's good in their life, they couldn't write this much. Why is that? Because you're thinking on the bad. You're dwelling on the bad. You're thinking on the negative. You're choosing to spend your thought processes on what's going bad. People, somebody did you wrong. It's like, you ever noticed? It gets fed real easy. It's like it just goes inside you. You just, you think on one thing and it just feeds something. Just, yeah, it just starts churning. You don't even have to hardly think about it. It just grows, grows, grows. You won't even be trying to think about it. And it grows. And before you know it, you could write a book about it. I mean, a negative thought after negative thought after negative thought, they just grow inside you. wonder why. Who feeds them? We try to blame it on the devil. But something about our flesh likes it. It feeds something about our flesh. To have a pity party. Feel sorry for ourselves. Why? What, what good does it do people? People wonder why so many people are having to take antidepressants today. Why are there so many commercials about people, this syndrome where they can't get out in public or, or this syndrome where they're taking antidepressants and teens on antidepressants and kids on antidepressants and all this stuff? Well, because their parents are depressed. The house is depressed. There's depression everywhere they go. The teacher's depressed. The bus driver's depressed. The grocery store clerk is depressed. The Sunday school teacher's depressed. Everybody is depressed. They're down. They try to put on a happy face when they're in public and and they come to church. But they walk out the door and they get back in their house. And if you miss Friday night service about environment, I'm telling you. It goes right along with this. The environments that you're in. You have to make yourself not be depressed. You have that nanosecond to choose what you're going to do. Because your flesh will feed that feeling sorry for yourself. Your flesh, your flesh will want somebody to pat you on the back and say, Oh, bless your little heart. Put a cool cloth on your head. Pat it and rub it. What good does that do you? Well, one of the reasons that the devil likes that is because if you're that way, you're not helping anybody else. He knows if you can't minister to yourself, you're definitely not going to minister to anybody else. If you can't keep yourself happy, you definitely can't get anybody else happy. So, you know, he knows if he can keep you depressed, what about the rest of your family? And there goes your body, you know, 
Sick? Weak? The joy of the Lord is your what? So there it goes. Most people, like I say, could write 12 pages about what's wrong in their life, but not this much about what's right in their life. I've seen it. We get them. We get, you'd be surprised. And they expect me to read them is the funny part about it. Like, I don't have anything else to do. And they send us these pages this thick about what's wrong with their marriages. And they expect me to sit there and read that. Like, I'm going to sit there and read. They're depressed, deprived, pitiful lives. Why would I want to read that? I can tell by the first sentence that they're going down the devil's path and they're listening to him. Why would I want to sit there and listen to the devil for 24 pages? I don't listen to the devil for myself, much less for them. And you shouldn't either. I'll help you if you'll do what uh, what I ask you to do. But I'm not going to sit there and read 12 pages of the devil. I don't want my staff sitting there reading 12 pages of the devil. So you can save your 12 pages. Tell you right now. Why would, why would you want anybody to read 12 pages of the devil? Who wants to hear 12 pages of problems? We can tell by the first page you're going the wrong direction. Now, if you want us to help you, uh, we can tell you instantly a way to help you. Now, and most of these people, we've already talked to them tw- 26 times, and we told them what to do, and they refused to do it. And they still chose to go their direction, and so they still write us the 12 pages. This is still going wrong. This is their do- the other person is doing this. This person is doing this. This person is doing this. Always somebody else is, is their problem. They're never the problem. You understand what I'm saying? Always negative. Never anything positive. They could never find anything positive about anybody. Because they're always negative. Always looking for the negative. From the time they get up in the morning. It becomes a habit with people. It's a lifestyle with you. Instead of waking up in the morning and thinking, today I'm going to start finding something positive about somebody. I'm going to purpose in my heart this morning. I'm going to look for something positive in every person that I come in contact with. I don't care how bad they are. There is something positive. I I remember a story. I forget who even tells it. If you don't watch me, I'll tell the punchline first, too. So, um, Keith's not here. I'm looking over there for him to tell me, but he's not here. So, um, anyway, there was a guy, and he was he was really really bad evil man in town and uh they had his funeral and there was this one guy that was in town and uh he he was like i mean a guy that always found something good about everybody he never had anything negative to say about anybody and they everybody in in town was wondering well what is he going to say about this guy he was like a bank robber and a murderer he was just like evil you know just the worst guy and so he walked by the guy's casket and he kind of looked at him like this and as he walked by he said you know He said, that guy had to be the best whistler I ever heard in my life. (laughs) Nothing negative. Nothing negative. It doesn't take a spiritual person to find something negative to say about somebody else. It takes a spiritual person to find something positive to say about somebody else. God looks past all your faults. He can look past all the negative things wrong with you and me. And find something positive in us to have us stand up in front of a people like this and say something. 
He'll look past all of the bad things we've done and all the wrongs we have and all the mistakes we've made and say, they've got something to say. That's the way God is. That's the way He is in your life. And if He's that merciful to you, what kind of seed do you want to sow in other people's lives? Do you want... I mean, you reap what you sow. Do you want people going around all the time, okay, Barbara, you're this, you're that, you're a negative, you're this, you're... you're not, no, 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 Negative, 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 negative. Every time you come in contact with somebody, they're always finding fault with you. No. You want people, every time they come in contact with you, saying something positive about you, finding good about you. You know you're a mess. You don't need somebody to tell you. You know? So you make it a point to find something positive to say about Don't lie. But when you walk up to somebody, you can find something nice to say about them. You can find something nice to say about them. There is something, maybe their earlobe is cute. Who knows? <laughs> but you can find something nice to say about them. I mean, there's some people that are just encouragers. I mean, anytime you're around them, that's just their personality. They are just encouragers. You can be around them five minutes and it don't matter what your day has been like. They are going to encourage you. You can, you can just, I mean, whatever is going up, whatever is going down, just their personality and being around them. You don't know their faults by the, some people you're around in five minutes and you're, hold on to something because you're going to be carrying everything they know and everything that's going wrong with them with you out the door. All your stuff and theirs too. Can you carry it? No. No. But then there's other people when you leave, you're like, man, I was heavy when I come in here, but you know, I don't even, I can't even remember what was bothering me. Because they helped me out. You know, what what was it I was thinking about when when I hooked up with them? That's the way you should be. Not looking for things, problems. Looking for, for things that make people feel good. Not being negative. Finding good things to say about people. Um, instead of, you know, I, I've, I wrote down a couple of things. Like, um, somebody asks you uh, how your week was. You don't tell them about your bursitis and your knees and your pains and all your bills and your... They don't want to know. They could care less, to be honest with you. They don't want to know how your grandkids are. That three of them were sick with the flu. That you're late on your bills. That your marriage is falling apart. They don't want to know. They just want you to say, oh, everything's great. How about you? That's your faith's confession. You're not lying. Calling those things that be not as though they were. That's what you do. They ask you how your vacation went. You don't want them to tell you. You don't want to tell them, you know, oh, you got sick, food poisoning three times, and, you know, <laughs> the ship was late, and, you know, you lost your luggage, and you don't want to know that. Oh, it's great. We had a wonderful time. That kind of thing. Okay? So, and then the other thing that you, you don't want to know is, like, somebody is sick. Don't magnify the situation. 
Do you understand what I'm saying by that? More negative than what it actually is. Why would you do that? Why do people have a tendency to do that? Oh, they're about to die when they got a cold. Why, why do humans have a tendency to do that, to, to blow things up and make them bigger than what they actually are? I mean, it's not just even the person that's sick. It's the people that are telling it. It's, it's because they're wanting your attention at that time. They're wanting your attention to tell you the story. And they think they have your attention at that time. Don't do that sort of thing. Don't be negative. Say, oh, it was, it was this. But you know what? They're calling themselves healed. And we're calling them healed. And it's going to be all better in a couple of days. Don't, don't get on the devil's territory and give him any glory. Because all you're doing is magnifying the devil during that time. The more you talk about how negative the situation is, the more glory you're giving to the devil at that time. Get off of his turf. Get on God's turf and say, no, we're believing they're healed. We're believing it's going to all be better. Let's get off the negative side of things. You know, there's people in your lives. You know, you could have, um, you could have brothers or sisters or, or mothers or daddies or mother-in-laws or father-in-laws that's done things in your lives that you get negative about them. And all you see is the negative side of things. Start looking for the positive side. Find something positive. Don't get on the negative. Don't just dwell on it and let it blow everything else out of proportion in your life where they're concerned. Find something positive and start magnifying the positive. They're going to live up to your expectations of them. And if you think only on the negative, then they will only be negative. But if you think on the positive and build them up on the positive, they will become what you expect of them. And if it's only negative, then they will only be negative. So, okay, the next thing. Um, that was point number one, in case you didn't know. Point number two. Um, I've got don't be negative and grumble is, is my second point. God can do a hundred good things in your life in a day, and the devil do one bad thing, and which one do you remember? The bad thing. God can come through for you all week long and pay all the bills, and one bill the next week be late, and what do you think about? You forget about all the money that came in the week before and everything was paid and all you think about is this one bill. It's like it magnifies and it blows out of proportion and your whole focus is on what? The one bill. Why do we do that? Because we magnify the devil then. We get all of our focus off of God onto the devil. So who's getting glory then? The devil. What should we, what, what must we make ourselves do? Remember God. Remember God. It's like this last week, most of you already know, because I got so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful presents. Like my husband got me these beautiful pearls that I've got on. Well, it's my birthday. And I got, I'll tell you about a couple of the presents I got. One of them, it wasn't for my birthday, but I, I thought I'd tell you about it anyway. I got this card this morning I got. It's too cute. This reminded me to tell you all about this. It says, um, it says, hey, wild thing. It's cute, huh? And uh, on the inside, it's cash, cold, hard cash. 
But I tell you what, it goes far. It says, um, "Hope your birthday was a hum thumper thumper tacular." Yeah, uh, motorcycle talk, you know. But anyway, um, this is more seed um, for your yellow canary account, songbird account. For those of you who don't know what that is, I have been for probably uh, ten years now, at least, been believing for. Uh, a yellow canary diamond anywhere from, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten carat. You know, I'm not, I'm not believing for a little canary diamond, you know. I, I thought if I'm going to believe, I might as well, I, can, I couldn't have believed, you know, had believed for a one or something like that. I thought, if I'm going to believe, let's just believe, you know. You're going to believe, you might as well believe for it, you know. And let God do something for you, you know. So over the years, I've been believing for it. And, um, so uh, people have been given into it. And, and so recently somebody gave me some money for it. And it was the cutest thing I have ever seen. Y'all don't want to hear about it, do you? Yes. Yeah, but all the ladies said yes. yes. The men said forget it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'll do this for the ladies. Uh, I got a, a, a mesh bag. And it was filled with bird seed. And inside the bird seed was these... It was, I don't forget what kind of string it was, but it was just too cute. All these $100 bills inside the bird seat. And I had to dig in it for hours to get all the $100 bills out of it. It was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was big fun. So anyway, I'm getting really close on my canary account, I'm telling you. So, uh, but anyway, God's been good too, Phyllis. I'm telling you, I'm his favorite. Somebody sent me a birthday card this week and it said, uh, they couldn't figure out why the weather was 84 degrees on Tuesday and then they remembered it was God's favorite's birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if y'all wondered why it was 84 degrees on Tuesday, yeah, that was why. So anyway, let's go on and get back to our sermon. Yeah, I took a side journey there. But anyway, thanks to everybody. So uh, turn with me to Proverbs 4.23. And for all you men that don't care about that kind of stuff, Sorry. the Amplified, if you would, for me on the screen so that everybody can see that. It says, keep your heart, guard your heart with all vigilance or diligence, the the King James says, above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Guard your heart. In other words, guard what you let get into your heart, whether it be negative or positive, because out of it come the issues of life. Now, if you get everything around you, and several people raise their hands, that everything that comes into them is negative, and all you hear is negative, you can become negative. So what that means is guard yourself from just hearing negative all the time. And if you're the kind of person that that's all you hear is negative, what do you have to do? You have to work double hard at getting a lot of positive in. 
at building yourself up even more to where you don't get negative and hard-hearted. Because out of your heart come the issues of life or the springs of life. Out of your heart comes everything you need for your life. So if you don't guard your heart, then you will become bitter. You yourself will become hard. You yourself will become bitter. And you then will minister bitterness to everyone around you. And what does one bad apple do? It'll spoil everything and everybody around you. And who likes to be around bitter people? Nobody. Have you ever been around somebody bitter? Oh, it's not fun. It's not fun to be around somebody that's just upset and negative all the time. You just want to get away from them. That all they can do is talk about their problems and what's going on in their life. We've got to make a choice. From the moment you get up in the morning, you've got to choose what you're going to do. And it is a choice. Do you choose to dwell on these things? Let's look at some more scriptures. 1 Corinthians 10.10. What happens to bitter people? What happens to people that, that complain and murmur? The kids sang the song this morning. This is King James, guys, in the back. We'll start with it. 1 Corinthians 10.10. It says, Neither murmur as some of them also murmured. And what happened to them? They were destroyed. Because out of your heart come the issues of life. And you can get destroyed out of your own life. The Amplified says, Nor discontently complain as some of them did. And we're put out of the way entirely by the destroyer or death. Exodus 16, 8. Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the field. For that the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against who? Him. And what you, and what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Have you ever murmured against people? A lot of times God calls it against him. Let's look at another one in that regard. Numbers 14, 26 and 27. God takes it seriously when you murmur against other people. Especially against his anointed. Let's see what he says about it. It's not just idle talking. Numbers 14, 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Moses and unto Aaron, saying, 
How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of their children, of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Now, if you read it in context, they were murmuring against Moses. Now, read Numbers and you'll see it. Numbers 16, verse 1. Skip over to it. Now, Korah, the son of Ishar, and the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, uh, and on the sons of Peliath, whatever, and sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses, and were murmuring against him with the children of Israel, and 250 princes assembled. And so you get that part. Who were they talking about? Moses. Skip to verse 32. Verse 3 says they gathered themselves against Moses and against Aaron. And uh, it says that you took too much upon yourselves, da-da-da-da-da. And the Lord says um, in verse 32, good things happen to them, right? The earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. And all that pertained to them went down alive into the pit and to the earth and closed upon them. And they perished from among the congregation. Does it pay to murmur? I don't think so. Doesn't pay to murmur against people in God's anointed. God will take care of you. They may not. Moses didn't do anything, but God knows how to take care of it. 1 Corinthians 10.10, we just, uh, we just read, I think, goes back into that's what it was talking about. But it shows you what they were talking about. It says, neither murmur as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. The earth opened up and swallowed them up. Don't be, along with this other stuff about being negative, don't be an always complainer about things are never right. Your food's never right. You're, you're, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too this. It's too that. Nothing is ever right. Always being negative. Your clothes is never right. Your hair is never right. I mean, negative about everything. Find something positive. You don't have the right pots. You don't have the right tools. You don't have the right this. You don't have the right that. You don't have a good car. You don't have a good house. You don't have... The people that are negative like that will never have the good things. You've got to be thankful for the things that you have in order to have better things. You've got to appreciate what you have in order to obtain better things. Everything that we've ever had, has, a lot of times, has never been the best. I mean, when Keith was going to Ramah, he had, like he said, 
you know, two sport coats and, and three pair of pants. And they were worn out and the seams were falling apart and we would sew them up and they would get pressed and they would look nice. And they, I mean, they were starched and they looked good and their shirts looked good and they were taken care of. They, he never left the house until, unless he looked perfect. But it didn't mean the quality of the stuff that he had was good. But he took care, we took care of what he had. Our car's the same way. He tells the story about Trigger where the shifter. You remember that story? The old truck that we had, I don't remember what year it was. Daddy might remember. What year was that old truck he had? 58, he says. We went to Rayma in it. And it was a shifter on the column. Okay? And uh, we, we hauled everything we had in it. And uh, every time you saw it, it was spotless. It didn't have a speck of dirt on it. It was clean. It didn't have coffee cups all over the floor. It didn't have McDonald's wrappers everywhere in it, coming out the glove box and out of the back of the seat. We were thankful for what we had. So God was able to give us better. We didn't murmur about what we had driving that old truck. We were thankful for what we had. If you don't appreciate what you have, you're not going to get better. If you just murmur about, well, we've only got this old truck, you won't get better. You'll stay where you are. Okay? Number three. So if you can't grumble and complain, what can you do? Yay! Let's get to some good news. Yay! Isaiah 61.3. Glory. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they might be glorified. Is there a garment of praise? What do you do with it? Ooh. Read Ephesians 4.24. Y'all got it. Some of y'all know. Ephesians 4.24. Guys, y'all better get ready. It says, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I'm going to show you an illustration that Keith has shown a lot of times, but a lot of people get it a lot clearer in their heads when you do this. Mo, come stand up here. Take your coat off. Yeah, take your microphone off. This is Mo's coat. This is a garment, correct? We'll call it the garment of praise. Okay? It's like Mo is standing up here, and I know he's not, because I can feel of his coat. He's freezing cold. 
It's like he's standing up here just shivering. If he took this coat and put it on, would he be instantly warm? Have you ever done it? You're outside and you put on your coat. Are you instantly warm? As soon as you put your coat on. Instantly warm. Absolutely not. But if you put your coat on and you keep it on for a while, what happens? You get warm. So he puts his coat on. He puts one sleeve on. Does he, is he warm now? Is he warm now? Is he warm now? So you're putting on praise. And you say, glory to God. Glory. And you're still miserable. And you're st- saying, yeah, she said, say glory to God. That's what she said, say. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. She said, say it. So I'm going to say it. Yeah, glory. Yeah. She said, praise. Praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you. Are you warm yet? Yeah, no. I don't even think so. Yeah. Say, thank you, Lord. Yeah, are you? Yeah. Warm yet? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, you feel victory yet? Yeah, no, I didn't think so. Yeah, you, you feel warm yet? Yeah. You got victory yet? No, yeah, thank you, Lord. But they said do it, you know. Are you warm yet? They said stand up and praise with the church. They said, they said praise when the rest of the crowd's praising, you know. But I don't feel like praising him today. I just don't feel like it. I'm depressed. I just want to sit here today because I'm depressed. They don't understand what I got going on in my life. You know, the bills, the husband, the kids, the job, the boss. I'm sick too. I can't put that garment on. I got it half on already. I've been saying thank you, Jesus. I don't feel nothing. Not a thing. You feel something? Not yet. No. <laughs> I got it high bone. Why don't I feel nothing? Oh, this one is warm. This, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. Glory. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Glory. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm not warm yet. No, not warm yet either. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll go ahead and put it all the way on. Uh, feel like shouting yet? No. No, yet. no. Let's just keep it on for a little bit. Yeah, yeah keep it on for a little bit. Yeah. You feel warmer? Getting warmer. Getting warmer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Getting warmer. Now, come up here and stand next to him, Sharon. Come up here and stand next to him, Jason. Dave, come up here and stand next to him. Wait, come up here and stand next to him. Yeah, y'all come up here and stand next to him. Cuddle up around him here just a little bit. Getting a little, getting a little warmer? Getting a little warmer? Getting a little warmer? Yeah. Getting warmer? Okay, now y'all start thanking the Lord. Shouting. Y'all dance and shout just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're doing it, and they're getting warm, and they're shouting. 
It makes you want to shout just a little bit more, don't it? Yeah, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable about doing that, a little warmer, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of helps when people around you are doing that sort of thing, doesn't it? Kind of warms you up, makes you feel a little better. Why do you have to come to church? Oh, oh, get stirred up. Helps you get warm. Helps you get thankful. Helps you get built up. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to do when you're around other people. Can help warm you up, help you put on that garment of praise. What happens when you just stay in your bedroom at home? Y'all can sit down. And you put the cool cloth on your head. And you just you just make your way to the coffee pot or, or to the to, to, to the kitchen and you get your coffee and you Oh, I'm just depressed. Don't bother me today. I don't feel like going to church today. Yeah. Y'all go. Just leave me here. How long are you going to stay depressed? A long, a long, long time. Very long time. How long are you going to stay sick? A long, long time. How long are you going to stay broke? How long are things going to stay bad in your life? How much easier is it when you got people standing around you and you put on that garment? How much warmer do you get? How much better do you feel? When you got people helping you. It's a lot easier to praise God when you got the music going and you got the people standing around you. You got people helping you. Than it is just sitting at home in your closet watching some worldly TV depression news about people getting killed and people dying and people getting hurt and, and no money to pay the bills and the president's messing up and the government's messing up and this one's messing up and this one's getting kidnapped and this one's getting this and, and all you got around you is depression and negative 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 and, negative. and that's all you hear is negative but what, should, what are we supposed to do? put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's lots easier to do when you got people helping you put it on. Let's look at a few more scriptures. Ephesians 5.20. I'm not going to let you get by that easy. Got to get some word. Got to get some word. Ephesians 5.20. Because it ain't what I say that matters. It's what this scripture says that matters. Giving thanks always. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what's that word? Always. For all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amplified says at, where is it at? Amplified? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And for everything, giving thanks at all times. Everything. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. When when do you have time to do this number? You don't have time to do that number if you're always and every time doing this number. Okay, Philippians four. Six.
Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with... So can you just pray without thanking Him? Let your requests be made known unto God. The Amplified says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Oh, but you don't know. You don't know what my problems are. You don't know how sick I am and you don't know how many bills I got and you don't know my boss and you don't know my kids. And you don't know my husband. And you don't know my wife. That word, what does that word mean? But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. The Living Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell your needs and don't forget to thank Him for the answers. The New Living says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what all He has done. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 16, it says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and in everything everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I like it in the Amplified. Y'all got it in the Amplified back there? Look at that. Be happy in your faith. And rejoice and be glad-hearted continually. Glad-hearted. Doesn't that sound good? Glad-hearted. Can you have a glad heart? Can you have a negative heart? Can we change our heart? If we've had a negative one, can we have a glad one? Yes, we can have a glad heart. But unceasingly in in prayer, praying uh, all the time, thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God. And then 1 Thessalonians in the NIV, it says, Be joyful always, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Now, I want us to do something before they sing. Y'all love me anyhow, and y'all are still love me still. Give me a microphone, Dave. We ain't getting out of here that easy today. Somebody get down here and let's thank God. Somebody got something to thank God for that's been negative. I mean, quickly. Don't be ne- don't don't be dumb. Get down here. Earl's gonna thank him. Y'all better get ready. We're gonna do it. Give me another microphone. You know, it's wonderful when we can uh, rely on uh, our leaders, the, those that are watching for our souls and preaching to us and telling us the truth like this lady here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when we're not in in service. The Lord has blessed us with great things, great things in our family. I can't even, I, I don't know how I'm going to tell it in the days to come because it's it's very hard to believe. It's very hard to believe. I'm talking about Six-figure money. I'm talking about health. I'm talking about yes. wealth. 
I'm talking about all the good things Thank that you, you know that couldn't come from any place but our Heavenly Father yes. who loves us so Thankful. much. And as I've said before, I'm just an ordinary man. I haven't done anything great in this world of high acclaim. But I want you to know that He loves me and mine. If you could see these two little grandchildren of mine Thankful. and the way they're coming forth from those classrooms that we're providing for them, the blessings that Andy and Sarah Lynn have ahead of them because of the Word of God, why wouldn't I dance and jump yes! and sing and yes! tell the world yes! 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 how wonderful He is to me yes! and mine, Thankful. just an ordinary yes! little yes! family. Thankful. Somebody else get down here. Thank God. Cheryl, come on. Uh, come on, now y'all, y'all tell it. I mean, you better re be rejoicing. This is the time to thank God for what He's done for you. Go Amen. ahead, Cheryl. One, one week ago yesterday, my mother was 10 points in a diabetic coma from dying. And in two days, God had raised her up. Yes! She was back at the, sh she was back at the show, dressed to the nines. Yes. And walking in faith. Yes! I praise the Lord. He's yes. our healer. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, spared her life. She could have been there by herself, had somebody staying with her that day, which is very unusual. And she's healed and whole today. Go ahead, Cindy. I just had to um, say that, Mrs. Moore, you were right on today because this morning, as I was driving into church this morning, the Lord told me I needed to um, apologize to somebody that was at my house yesterday because I kind of grumbled about my family, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. Habits. But I just, we were talking, and I just kind of grumbled about my mama, grumbled about my brother, grumble, grumbled grumble, about grumble, my grumble. sister, and I didn't realize it until this morning I woke up, and the Lord said, you need to tell her. You're sorry, and you need to repent for just casually talking about your family in a way that wasn't in faith. Negative. And so then when you started talking about it this morning, the Lord was just dealing with me. And it's, thank you. Thank you, thank Lord. You, Lord. I'm thank thankful you, Lord. for my family. Thank you. Thank you. You're thankful for your family. Yes, yes. And they're come, getting right. Come on down here, Maggie. Thankful. Somebody else get down here. Get ready. Quickly. We've got to thank God for what he's done for us. I'm thankful that my children serve the Lord no yes. matter what I see, no matter what's yes, in the natural. They are taught of the Lord, and they are blessed of the Lord. Yes. I'm thankful my grandson, grandson. is whole and healed yes, miraculously. Yes. I'm thankful for a prosperous business, yes. and I expect to be a millionaire. Yes, there you go. Thankful. David, come on. Thankful. We're getting our houses. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, thankful. Thankful. Can we uh, sign a contract for our house? Uh, two days later, the water supply on the second floor of our house broke from the toilet, flooded out the entire second floor, flooded out the entire No negative, floor. only positive. It flooded it all out. And we were worried about, we were, we were thinking, what should we do, Lord? So we said, Lord, we're, we're going to praise you no matter what. And the insurance company uh, for, the, for the people that owned it called, and they said, uh, you guys, you know, uh, can pick out whatever kind of flooring, whatever you want there, because we're going to pay for everything. Yes! And so we went down to check out the damage of the house, and it looked like extreme makeover. There were plumbers and electricians. Yes! And, and they fixed that whole thing up. They, the furnace got a little wet, so they had to put a brand new furnace. Glory to God! Brand new furnace. Thankful! Brand new carpet, brand new ceiling. The, the real estate man that uh, worked with us said he had never seen anybody get so much equity in the house before they even moved in. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thankful. We're thankful. We're thankful. We're thankful. Mo? Three years ago, the government had me convinced that I was depressed and, and had no value and worthless. And then I came to Faith Life Church. 
Y'all didn't hear that. He has the most undepressed toilet because that's where all the pills are. Now the Lord has called me to going out and talking to PTSD, people who have been diagnosed PTSD. And it's not post-traumatic stress disorder anymore. It's personally trained to stop the devil. Yes, Story. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, glory to God. Good report. Yeah, I just want to thank God for the journey mercy he granted me all the way from Africa, Mozambique to Branson here. Yes. And he has been more than enough. He has been all sufficient God. He yes. is the authority. Every power belonged unto him. Yes. He is the one that whichever person that gets hold of him can never be disappointed. That's so right. I praise him because he is able to do all things. Yes. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He is able to do all things. Glory. God. God is good to us, isn't he? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes. Phil, uh, a, a Sunday before the church opened, we came down here and they was cleaning the church. My wife said, we will be here. We have richly been blessed with good health, finances for many years. If anybody stands on the word, Carolyn stands on the word yes. of God for healing. Healed. She's healed. And she's healed. Healed. And we know that. Yes, she is healed. We won't have it any other way. This see this whole church? See this whole church? God. They Praise are in agreement. God. I know they are. One can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. Look at all God. these people. Amen. Yep. Healed. And I have told many people family and friends about the ones that's standing with us and every one of them says that is what a church should be doing yes and they're not doing it out there in the world in the secular world in the religious world but this church does it yes and the word spoken to every week every day at our home yes Phyllis I had a little bit of doubt there in the beginning. But no. you, you kept on it, Phyllis. And listen. Listen. That's where we needed to be. 20 years ago when we weren't sick. That's right. When we weren't ill. That's right. We needed to be planning for the future. That's right. That's, that's what people don't understand why they need to be at church. Because you need to exactly. be getting the word when you're not sick. So that when you have something attacks you, you're exactly. ready to stand against it. That's it. And we're healed. You're healed. healed. I believe. Praise God. Yes, I believe. Glory to God. Glory to God. We all agree with that. Healed in Jesus' name. Y'all, April Angela, come on up here. 
I just thank the Lord. My daddy is healed. Yes, Tom he healed. He is walking. He is talking. He is yes. praising God. He's telling everyone how he was healed. Yes. The doctors didn't give him any hope. They said he was dead. They said there's no brain function. He's yes. not going to make it. And I said, no, he's healed. Yes. The word says he healed. The word says he's going to have long life and be satisfied. Yes. He will talk again. He will walk again. I see him walking through the doors and then here. Yes. And I just thank the Lord for yes. this church yes. that has encouraged yes. us and kept us strong. Yes. And fed us in every way. <laughs> they, they, they bring us food. They, they love on us. They let us know that you guys are behind us. And we love you guys. You guys are such an encouragement to us because we know he's healed. The word says he's healed and there is no other answer. Yes. He's healed. 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 I just praise God for the healing school. Yes. The other day at healing school, it was the funniest thing. When I was in there teaching, I don't know. I'm sure they noticed it. Yeah. I was standing there, and he was kind of, you know, getting fidgety and stuff. And I went over there and stood by him. He just kind of sat in his eyes. You could just see. He was yeah. following every direction that, that I was going. Every time I took a step, he followed me everywhere I went. I told Keith, I said, he was following every direction that I was going. His eyes was. was following every yes. direction that I was going. If I went this way, he went this way. If I went this way, he went this way. Every direction that I went, he was, his eyes was following every direction I yes. went. And so he's knowing everything that's going on. Yes. So in case y'all are wondering he's knowing what's yes. going on so yes glory to Praise god. god and i know he's yep so yes. glory to god we know he's healed coming out coming out look at this beautiful one i just want to thank the lord for my family especially my extended family that we all walk in love together and I just thank him for the sale of our house. Yes, glory to God. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, and I'll give you a quick report while he's coming. Um, are Jess and Andy in here? They're not in here this morning. Well, Eli, you know, Jess had her baby, Eli, and they tried to give them some of the most evil reports. Evil reports. Well, he's all doing good, and he just needs a couple of more ounces before he gets to come home. They, I mean... I mean, he is healed and gets to come home just very, I mean, probably this week he gets to come home, you know. So they tried to tell all this negative, negative stuff. And we said, we ain't having that stuff. And he gets to probably come home this week. So in case y'all are wondering, I don't need all three microphones back there at the sound booth. So. I, I just want to thank the Lord for answering our prayers because he sent me here for the word. And I want that word to work. So I've got down before the Lord and I said, that Lord. If there's anything in my life that's holding back the Word of God, your blessings for my life that I'm expecting, because he sent us out here and he said, come expecting. And I'm expecting. And you know the hardest thing we have to deal with is God's timing. We get a little impatient. But God, I said, Lord, I want to know that I'm walking the right way. I don't want to take one step to the left, to the right, because I want to be in the right place at the right time all the time. Well, during the convention, everybody was praying in tongues in unison. It was like one beautiful tune. And the Lord answered my prayer. Glory. He said, you have spoken against what you're seeing here now, this move. <laughs> and he told me exactly where I spoke it. I was in Alaska. And he said, not only that, you went back to Florida and spoke against it to your pastor. And I said, believe it or not, I was rejoicing because he has removed that obstacle that I put in my own way mm. through ignorance of the word. And I don't want to miss that word. 
I want that word working daily in my life Thank because you. I'm expecting to come out victorious. Yes, you will. And hallelujah. Glory to and God. I thank Him for correction. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, guys. He is here. <laughs> on October the 9th of 2000, I was dead. I was dead. Proven that I was dead. And God raised me up. And you can see me now. Yeah, we see you. I was unconscious for a week and a half on a ventilator, knowing nothing whatsoever. Okay, Tom. The body of Christ Where's Tom? Gathered around me. And here I am. Glory to God. Come on, Andy. Andy is here. Oh, God is so good. We had so much favor. Uh, boy, Jess was two months early, and uh, we had uh, driven up to Springfield on a Saturday. She dropped me off at work. She went to her parents' house, which is about an hour away from where I work. She started having cramps then, and uh, she didn't think anything of it. You know, She thought, well, I'm two months early. Well, they started getting worse and worse and worse. And so she called me, asked me what uh, she should do, and I said, well, go ahead and go to the hospital and have it checked out. Brief. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Basically, she got to the hospital. She was already eight centimeters dilated. She was ready to go at that time. I was at work. I was an hour away from Springfield. I got there in time. I was there for 20 minutes. She gave birth 20 minutes later. And um, he was premature, but he was a good weight. The doctors kept saying, well, he's going to have to stay two more months and all this stuff. And I said, no, we're not putting up with that. Right now, little Eli is getting big. He's almost five pounds right now. He is on a bottle right now. And he's going to be out soon. Boom. How many ounces do they say he's got left? On Tuesday, he was 4.7. And uh, they keep in, increasing the feed. I don't know what he is now. He may be over five pounds now. But, I mean, how many ounces do they say he's got left before he can come home? Uh, he has to be five. Five. So, all right. He's, I mean, so he's on his way. So, glory to God. Y'all, we need to go ahead and stop it. So, this will be our last one. So, uh, save her from having to walk all the way down here. So, Okay. We've been here for one year, November 1st. Uh, When we got here, our older daughter came with us. We have a younger daughter that's with us as well. Um, She was called to ministry two months after we were here, and her car was our only car because the Lord told us to give our cars away before we left Illinois. Um, We stayed, we we came for a few weeks with some friends and and that were generous to, to invite us to come with them to church on Sunday morning. They were called out to start a church. So we were attending church over the Internet. So praise God. Um, and, and we just kept getting filled up and filled up and filled up and filled up with the word. And we didn't realize it, but we were pregnant. God said, believe me, trust for a vehicle. Nine months and like five days later, uh, we actually took possession of a vehicle that someone called us and said, we want to give you a van. We just rejoice in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you know, we're here again. We're excited. Um, 
it, it's so important to attend, whether it's on the Internet or in person, but it is a whole lot better in person. And I just thank you that we just believe we're pregnant again and the blessings are just flowing over our family. We're healed and whole, yes. and we are prosperous and rich in Jesus' Yes, name. glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up and thank God. And uh, we're going to have the guys to sing some Thanksgiving songs. And I'm telling you, everybody in this place ought to be rejoicing and thanking God for all the blessings in their lives. Whether you came down here and testified this morning or whether you didn't, everybody in here this morning should be thankful for something going on in their lives, you know. And if you're not thankful, then you're negative. And that's a bad place to be. Because then you're opening the door to the destroyer, we read this morning, in your life. And he will come in and steal and kill and destroy in your life. And that's not a good place to be because you're on his turf then. We want to be on God's turf where the blessings flow and the good things happen in our lives. So let's sing a Thanksgiving song this morning.